Hello, welcome to the next exclusive version of the Talk Norris City podcast. I am absolutely over the moon and delighted to be able to speak to this guy. A regular City starter in the Premier League, captained our club on numerous occasions. He's got a driving band, not anymore. He's better than Zidane. We have got Gary O'Neill. Gary, first of all, thank you ever so much for giving us your time today. How are things going with you? Yeah, all good. Thank you. All good. No problem at all for for coming on. I'm looking forward to it. Top man. I really appreciate it as always. I'm I'm so excited to get into the the depths and and darknesses of of your time at Norwich. And of course, the highlights as well, of which there were many. Um, First of all, Gary, let's go right back to to the beginning. Neil Adams signed you from QPR, um, obviously a a club that you you had a a very, in my opinion, a a decent time at, to to say the least. Um, He said when you first signed that he was delighted to welcome someone to the club with such experience. How did the the move come about to Norwich, if you don't mind? Let's lift the lid on that one. And then what made you sign on the dotted line for Norwich City? Yeah, so it it came about quite quite quickly and quite quite late on, really. I was at Obviously, I was at QPR. They got promoted, and then there was talks of a new deal, but it hadn't materialised. I hadn't agreed anything, so I was training, training at QPR, keeping myself fit. Um, and then I got a phone call off the agent and said, uh, "How do you fancy Norwich?" So I said, "I said it sounds like a great one." I said, "Are they having a go at trying to get back up?" That was my first question, and he was like, "Yeah, of course, they're desperate to bounce straight back." And so I had a quick look at the squad, as you do, and I thought, well, "Yeah, they've they've got a great chance." So. Runway agent and said, "Yeah, what, what, what's, what's this? What's that? How long is it going to be?" And it, yeah. was, it was a couple of years, which at my age as well was 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 good because there's a lot of, as as you probably know, there's a lot of one year deals around now. Once yeah. you get to sort of thirty and above, so a couple of years gave me that little bit of security and where I felt like I was going to be somewhere and I could be part of it rather than than just sort of in and out. Um, so it was sort of it was very quick. We drove up the next day, stayed in the hotel. I think Dunstan, Dunstan Hall. Yeah, Dunstan. Did you have a round of golf whilst you were there? I didn't at that point. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to hurt myself or anything. I, didn't, I was taking care of myself before I signed the, the big deal. Um, and then yeah, when I had a look, I think we they wanted to see me train because obviously I'd had a I'd had a nasty ankle injury at mm. West Ham before I went to QPR. Um, so I missed like nine months or something when I was at West Ham. Um, so they said, can you just come and get through a few training sessions? Show us. It's not like a trial, but just show us that you're actually able and capable. And so, I mean, a lot of players say no, but I was like, no, no, that's fine. I completely understand. So I managed to get through a couple of training sessions. Managed to get through. Come on. (laughs) And then, uh, and then that was it. Signed. Um, Amazing, and because the t- yeah, because the team did so well initially, it took me ages to get. I think I went about eleven games on the bench without making, without coming off. Yeah, I remember yeah. laughing with a fitness coach saying, "Has anyone ever signed for Norwich for two years <laughs> and not played a minute?" Um, but no. I, 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 eventually, I got my chance. I'm, I'm so interested at the, at the time you signed, Gary. I've never actually managed to speak to someone that signed at the time they did because, of course, we were on our official prele- Premier League relegation hangover at that point. What, what was the yeah. mood like in, in the squad at that time? Because you said there was, a, there was a bunch of really good lads in there, really good lads. But what was the mood like in that camp? Were, was it deflated? Did it seem like we were down in the dumps? Or, or did you think, nah, you know what? I, I think that this squad is up for it. 
No, yeah. So you saw you got you got a little bit. When I first walked in there, I got a little bit of both. I felt right. You could tell that the, you could tell that the team had been relegated. You know, you can always you, you can feel when you could, like when you come into a promoted club, there's a certain feel about it. And the same with relegation. There's no there's no escaping the fact that you didn't achieve your goals from the previous season. Um, but there was also you could tell there was like an underlying determination to to get back to where everyone wanted to be. Um, and obviously, as as the season progressed, it took us a little while, and I had to make some changes. Um, but I think the quality, the the fact that the club managed to keep the majority of the quality of the squad together, um, was was the reason that we managed to to achieve what we did that year. When you say quality, Gary, who were the players that stood out for you when you walked into the Colney Gates for the first time? You took to the training field. Who, who was it that you spotted and you thought, "Cool, blimey, they are a decent player." Yeah, so there was there was so many and it and for so many different so everyone was sort of good. You could just see how it fitted together. So Alex Tetty, for instance, was fantastic at what he did, um, at breaking up play, at protecting the back four. He was brilliant at it. Um and then you had on, on the other end you had like the attacking threat of Redmond, you had the Murphy brothers coming through. Yeah, I forgot uh, about we had Redmond at the time you were at the club. I remember yeah. that very well. Uh Bradley Johnson, of course, who was a a very good midfielder everywhere he's been and still is. Um, so there was just, there, there was quality everywhere, really, um, especially for championship level. You know, you can see why the squad would be around the bottom part of the Premier League, sort of the bottom half. Okay. Um, but you would also expect them every season they were in it with that squad to be at the very top of the championship. A player that I'm fascinated to hear about from your point of view, Gary, because of course you played alongside him in, in, in many games, is the absolute Rolls-Royce that is Johnny Howson. What I mean, yes. what, you know, what was it like to play alongside a, a player of that calibre in, in, in uh, debatably, the, the, the peak of his career? It must have been an absolute joy to, to play alongside someone like Johnny Howson. Yeah, I mean, he, he could do everything, couldn't he? He was one of those guys where there wasn't really a weakness and he was very sort of understated in his, in his demeanor and how he went about his business. He was, he was never trying to, he was never causing a fuss. He was never trying to make it about him. You know, he just went about what he did and did it extremely well. Um, a large percent of the time, which is, a, which is a key in professional football. You know, people, people on the outside might not realize, but it's, so there's a lot of players that are good or are excellent one game, every five or six or four, Whereas Johnny, you knew you were going to, like, if he had a bad game, you'd get a seven or a six and a half out of him. You know? what, he was yeah. never, ever going to be worse than that. Um, and they're key. When you're, when you're a manager, they're the, they're the ones you want because you know that no matter when you put them in, you know sort of what you're going to get all the time. And he, he was very underrated, I think, in the, rest of, in the rest of English football. I know he's gone up to Middlesbrough and he's done okay up there, but I think he was, I don't think you realise how good he is until you work with him. Couldn't agree more with you, Gary, 100%. You know, another player that I'm dying to hear from, Gary, and we've never heard anyone lift the lid on this man, Dear Mercy Embokani. Yeah. What is, <laughs> yeah. just talk to me about the Embok. Who is he? What is he about? And, and is, is he as scary as every Norwich fan thinks he is? He wasn't scary, no. He, um, he, he was extremely quiet. And, was he and really? He had a funny... Yeah, he had a funny. I don't know if it was the language barrier. He was very kept to himself to himself. Um, but yeah, he, he had quite a strange personality. You'd see him laughing at you sometimes, and you'd think, <laughs> why, why, "Why is he laughing at me?" Um, 
Why he's, is he laughing at me? I hope he doesn't kill me, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't like that. He was. He was a really friendly guy, and he was a good player. He did well for us as well on the on the, the time he came in because we needed someone to lead the line for us. Hundred um, percent. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just there's something yeah. about 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 Mbok with with the Norwich fans where we just we just don't know what what could have been. You know, could we have had more about it? Was it the language barrier? Because I think a lot of Norwich fans that we listen to this now will be like, God, bloody bloody hell, we had a quality player there, but what was it that? you know that made him not be able to keep up that sort of form because you know you saw him score those two goals against Newcastle away for example superb um you saw him at home did the same thing so very um in a way quite up and down but it seemed like a fascinating player to play alongside is it difficult Gary when when there's a language barrier in the changing room it it, I wouldn't say it's difficult but it is it, it brings an extra hurdle you know it's more difficult than having a, an English speaking one up there obviously because we were obviously one of the lesser teams in the division and you need we needed to be extremely organised. Alex Neal was like that. Everyone knew their roles. And and there's a lot of communication that goes on then on the pitch. So you're, you're always shouting instructions to people. And sometimes it's just difficult when the game's going on to get the message to Mbop, as you call him, <laughs> as, quick, as, as, as quickly as you need him to do something, you know. So it, it does bring a hurdle. Um, but obviously, they're, when when they're as talented as, as some of them are, it's, it's something that you can you can live with, and you, and you let them get on with with producing their brilliance. Gary, let's now talk about your your time in the Premier League, if you don't mind, uh, with with, yep. with, with Norwich. And um, I actually tra- I was tracking back through our through our YouTube channel. I got back to a video three years ago, and it was a mm-hmm. post match reaction, which. You know, I've, I've, I've snagged some players off the time, but also praised some players as well. And quote unquote, when we drew 1-1 at home to Arsenal, I called you Gary Ronaldo. I mean, absolutely <laughs> bossed the middle of the park, mate. Honestly, bossed it. And, and, and you must, it must have been just an absolute joy. I mean, playing in those games at Carrow Road, under the lights, against Arsenal. I mean, you must have loved your time at Norwich, surely. Oh, it was brilliant that second season because because I'd had the injury at West Ham and people tend to then write you off a little bit. Um, I wasn't sure if, if I'd ever get the chance to play in, in those sort of games again. You know, I did the year at QPR in the Championship and then when they went up, they didn't keep me. And then the first year at Norwich, I didn't really get going. Um, so then it, it came to the Premier League. And to be honest, I had a, I had a really honest chat with Alex Neil um, during pre-season. Uh, and he said to me, look, Gary, I've got some, some fantastic midfielders uh, and I'm not sure how much you're going to play. Um, and I know senior pros of your age sometimes don't like not playing and they want to play in the last part of their career. And I was very honest with the guy. We were, it was a real honest chat. And I said, look, Gaffer, I'm absolutely fine. I'll train as hard as I can. I'll try and get in your team. If I don't, I'll be good around the other lads. If I do, then great. I'll give you everything I've got. And it just turned out, I think it all stemmed from the the Carling Cup. You know, I played at home to West Brom and we won. And then we went away to Everton uh, and I did well. Um, we were unlucky. I think we lost on penalties. Um, and that sort of just reminded the gaffer and the people around that, that I could do a job. And then the, the, the opportunity came and I got the chance to play in some fantastic games. So the, the Man City game at home where we got a point towards the end of the season. Um, the Arsenal game, as you say, 
uh, Old Trafford. The win at Old Trafford was unbelievable. Yes, the Tete so Topo, of course. Yeah, the Tete Topo, where De Gea looked at him as if to say, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, so it was it was a year that I look back on. One of the most fondest memories I've got is that year because I, I didn't expect it. It was something that I will cherish because I, I didn't know if I'd get that again. So um, it's something that I look back on really fondly. Incredible to hear, Garrett. It really is. I do. I love it when you hear from a player like yourself that's not been in the club for for yonks, but but yeah. they come, they deliver, and, and and you know what? Such a fantastic re- reputation with the Norwich fans. Still, you'd be pleased to hear. I mean. Uh, in total, you made 31 top flight appearances for Norwich. Would, would you say that you were satisfied with, with your with your time at Norwich? Would you have would you have liked to stay longer? Um, is there anything that you potentially regret? Yeah. I would have stayed longer. I would have. The the football's a funny thing. So Alex Neil, we spoke at the end of the season, and he said, "Look, we can we can offer you a year, but you are getting on a little bit." And and then I had a, a two year offer from Bristol City, and I said to, I like I begged him. I said, Gaffer, I'm desperate to stay. Can you please wow. just make it two years or a year plus one? And I think he would have. But there's obviously there's there's people upstairs who make financial decisions. Mm. And, you know, it, it doesn't always make sense for the club to give people of my age a two year deal. And it, and it just came to a point where it was it was just safer for me to take the two year deal. I, I mean, I, I loved my time there, and and. Uh, looking back, maybe if I had the choice again, I, I would possibly have stayed. Um, but I look back on it extremely fondly. One because I was part of a promotion campaign, although I didn't, I didn't play loads of it. Um, I still enjoyed sure. it and tried to, to play my part uh, when I could. And then the Premier League was was just. Fun. I'm just. I'm really gutted that we didn't get over the line because I was desperate to. Even if I was leaving, I was desperate to leave the club in a better place than when I left. And then when I signed, sorry. So it would have been great if we'd have managed to get over the line, which it looked like we was going to until the, the last few games. It's a Sunderland we, game, wasn't it? it? was the killer. Yeah, I mean, Sam Allardyce did an unbelievable job. Oh, I, think they, I think they picked up 20 points, didn't they, from their last 10 games or something. Gary, I, t- I tell you what, mate, so, something that I really want to go back to, which will pro- I don't know if it will make you laugh or not, right? But do you remember the clash with Robbie Brady against Chelsea? I remember oh. you having to sport that Terry Butcher style headband. Yeah, he lost a couple of teeth, but never mind that. You had the biggest gash across your head. I mean, blood everywhere. How yeah. long did it take you to forgive him for that? I mean, d- did you feel bad for knocking two of his teeth out? Yeah, I did feel bad. I mean, we both blamed Willian because he, he ducked out the way, didn't he? So me and Robbie jumped up to challenge Willian. He ducked out the way. We headbutted each other and he ran off on the counter-attack. <laughs> <laughs> so being a brave, being one of these brave British footballers isn't always the way forward. If you just duck out of the odd tackle like the Brazilian did, sometimes you come out on top. Absolutely um, love that. That's so but it funny. Was a, it was a hell of a clash. I mean, I was in a bad way. You were, but you um, carried on. It was proper yeah, Terry Butcher. Yeah, they managed to... The gaffer was going off his head because it was taking so long. I was going mad at the dock saying, look, you need, just just do what you need. So he glued, I think he glued it. Did he? Or he no, they, sta- they stapled it to get me because it was quicker. So they stapled it. And then after the game, they stitched and glued it because then they could do it properly. And uh, Gary, the, the, the funny thing about, I say funny, it wasn't funny, but the, the slightly funny thing about it was that bandage, I don't even remember, it became a bit of a lucky charm for Norwich, didn't it? Because we then <laughs> well, went on a little bit of an unbeaten run, didn't we? It did, but I, I knew it wasn't anything to do with the bandage, obviously. <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, well I, well, I had to keep it on for a while. It was just so... I think we even had to play Swansea. That was midweek, Chelsea, wasn't it? I think so. It was under the I lights. I remember. Yeah. We went to Swansea and, uh, on the Saturday and uh, heading the ball was just disastrous. I mean, I oh, could no. not head it. Well, I remember it was about the first minute and the ball come down from, with snow on it from so high and I just tried to head it with the top of my head. Ooh. Just let, let it hit me on the top because it was so sore. The Chelsea game, you can get through because you're on adrenaline. Yeah, sure. But then when it also, like the next day... You wanted day, to look like, like the big guy in front of the fans, didn't you, with your blood yeah. on your head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we were still in the game, I think. Do you remember the goal they scored where Costa was about 14 yards offside? Mate, don't even start yeah. me. Don't even start me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah that was uh, but yeah you look back on things like that I mean I've got a horrible scar on my head and it makes me look even worse have you, me, have you still got a scar from it yeah I've got a bad scar no, from it um, wow in the shape of Robbie Brady's uh, teeth line mate he owes you a few quid for that surely I mean and he you was can't saying damage that his that. was worse and I was like well, well hang on a minute you can just get yours repaired yeah, like, I mean, did, I... <laughs> he's now at Burnley earning the big bucks Gary I mean I'd be knocking on his door if I you I think that's a joke yeah. you can get a couple yeah, of pristine teeth lovely. I keep yeah I'm sure yeah, they do I'm sure I'm sure yeah. they do well, I'm do anything about my scar Gary, uh, one of my fondest fondest memories of you being at the at the club is actually your chant I remember it absolutely going off at Palace away. We had smoke bombs. I remember the that lot. video on YouTube. Oh, well, I well I'm it. pleased. It crazy. Well, the happy days, because that was our video. I'll take that. Don't forget <laughs> yeah. to subscribe <laughs> yeah. to Talk Narrow City, ladies and gents. Um, you know, so, I mean, how, how did it go? I mean, we all know how it went. We've got an O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, I just don't think you'll understand. He's got a driving ban better uh, than Zidane. We've got Gary O'Neill. Did you actually like the Norwich fans singing that? Because the driving ban part, isn't so good. I mean, Zidane is fantastic, but the driving ban, yeah. I mean, did, did you like it well, or the, not? The, the driving ban was closer to the truth than the, the Zidane bit. Anyway, but <laughs> the, um, it, yeah, I, I, I mean, I was, I was pleased because it, it makes you feel appreciated, you know, because I did try and put in a shift while I was there and, and the fans obviously recognised it. Um, so that side of it pleased me. I was a, a little bit embarrassed because when you go to other clubs, they sing it about their like most talented player. So like West Ham was singing about Payet, and, <laughs> you know, and then, okay, <laughs> and what are you on the about? Fans singing about me, so it was like it was a little. It, I was a little bit embarrassed at times, but oh, uh, well, I, I did appreciate. Well, it. Well, I'm so pleased to hear that because I honestly, in the last few years, I can't. I don't know. My, my, I've got my video producer Max with me here as well. I mean, I don't. I cannot remember a time. Max. Do you remember a time, Max, where an individual player chant has been as popular as Gary? I can't that remember West, that, uh, that Crystal Palace game. I know we lost. We were, I think we that was when we lost um, Tim closer to injury, wasn't it, mate? And do, and by the way, was that the because from the stands, we? Uh, I mean, I certainly felt like at that point we were done. I honestly thought that is that much of a loss we were done. And it did, was a did big it turning you? point, wasn't it? No, it, did, it didn't. But I didn't realise. So before that game, I thought we were in such a good position. I think, well, I don't know what the gap was, but we were going there. But then you didn't really realise how difficult the games coming after that were yeah, going to be. Yeah. So we went to Palace and not, not only the fact that we lost, we were really short on centre-halves. And as soon as we lost him, it had just started started to find his feet and then yeah. his form was good. Yeah. And then um, we I think... Chuck Bamf- I we chucked Bamford on up top, I remember that, and he just yeah. missed an absolute sitter, bless his heart, and it yeah. didn't go too and well. And then we had to play the rest of the season without Tim, which was possibly a bigger blow than actually losing the than losing the point that we that we nearly got at, at Palace. So we lost the point, but we also lost Tim. 
And I think that was a blow to everybody as well. I think the changing room felt that that was a huge loss for the last four games. And that, and Gary, that's not good to hear because, of course, we've lost him for again for the for the season. I believe it's an ACL yep. um, out for the whole yep. season. It's a huge loss for the club. Such a such a personality in the dressing room, isn't he, Timmy? Closer. Yeah, he was a great guy, and he struggled, didn't he, to start with? It was he was he came for a lot of money and. Um, I mean, you got you got the feeling that the fans and people weren't sure whether he was going to be able to adjust to English football. But he, as soon as he found his feet, you could tell that he was a he was a real top top player, and he's been a great signing for the club, all in all. Gary, something that I'm really interested to to get from you is what went wrong in that season, that Premier League relegation season, because. I've gone back and I've and I've gone back through the match reports. I've gone back through the the the, the post match stuff that you've done, and right to the bitter end, you are so deadpan confident that we'll survive. And I do, and it didn't seem like it was just words. It it it, I, it felt like it was coming from your heart that we were going to survive that season. But if you yeah. could look back at it, the whole thing, not not the run in, the whole thing, what was it that we didn't have? Because a lot of Norwich fans are now looking at this season. And we're thinking, God blimey, this this doesn't feel right yet again. We're we're short on a player here, a player there. Is it the yeah. tactics? What was it for you that season that went wrong? Yeah, we lacked um, we lacked a little a little bit of quality in the final third, which, which I don't I haven't seen an awful lot of knowledge. I've seen you play the big teams, obviously because they're televised, and sometimes you don't get a fair reflection of of how the team are doing. But the team I was in. At, at that level, we lacked a little bit of quality in the final third. Um, we were as hard-working as anybody. We were as organised as anybody. Um, and then when it came to it at the end, we were short. We were short of a centre half. When we lost Tim, we were we were in a right mess. And you just you can't afford to be. You just cannot afford to throw people in who haven't played or who aren't ready. Um, it, it will just cost you. And the Sunderland game was was a huge, huge turning point. It was just we. We lost him. We went into that game knowing that if we won, we were pretty much safe. I think that would have put seven points clear with three left or something. Pivotal, wasn't it? It was a really, really big moment. Yeah, and we did. We actually played not bad, and then they scored. They kept hitting us on the counter, and we and Jermaine Defoe and um, oh, the winger who was there it was uh, whoever it was. He came from Liverpool um, and Swansea, but I've, I've forgotten his name. But they really hurt us on the counter. Um, and and after that, if you'd have interviewed me honestly, and I'd have been allowed to say what I thought, I'd have said we're like we're we're struggling now. Obviously, when you're in there, you still say, "Well, we've got Man United, and we've got Everton to come, and we're going to keep yeah. fighting." And we've only got Man United, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey! Um, but it, it just well, as soon as we lost that, that that game was so yeah. huge. As soon as we lost that, there was no real coming back. Gary, just to fast forward, I'd be interested just to go go to present day Norwich City. I know you've not you've said that you've not seen a lot of a lot of Norwich. I saw lots of them last year. I was extremely impressed. A little bit surprised as well because they were a little bit of an unknown package last year, weren't they? Yeah, for sure. Is, is there been a particular player that stood out for you at all? Uh, Bendia, is that how you pronounce? Yeah, Bendia. Yeah, German. yeah, he was fantastic. I thought. Uh, obviously, we'll get. We gave you a real game when we came down there with Bolton. Oh, come off it, Gary. <laughs> I think you scored. Did, did you score in the nineties? Fourth minute or something to beat us three two. We equalised in the ninetieth. Well, we? And then Sammy Obi, Sammy Amiobi got sent off. Well, I wouldn't like to say. It. By the way, I remember that. I mean that that for you was just. That oh, was it was big, soul wasn't destroying it? for us because I think we did. We come back from two 0 down, or I don't even know. But we fought so hard to get back into it, equalised, 
and then the ball falls to Timu Buki, and then there's only one place it's ending up, isn't there? Boom. So uh, you know, you back, can come on in more often with an attitude like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Gary, away from away from Norwich now. Um, you, you've played for Pompey, Warsaw, Cardiff, Borough, West Ham, QPR. I'm making you look like a right journeyman here, aren't I? Bristol, I am, yeah. Bolton. Yeah. What would you say, um, honestly, and you don't have to say Norwich, but I would appreciate it. What, what was probably the, the, the what's your favourite club that, that you've played for in your career and, and why? Um, I spent an awful long time. So there, there's a few. I spent an awful long time at Portsmouth. That it was where I came through. It was where I learned stuff and we and Harry brought in some amazing players around me that just let me develop and let me learn stuff to, to be coming through as a young midfielder and have Paul Merson, Steve Stone, Patrick Berger, Tim Sherwood at the club was just like, it was priceless. You could, you, the, the education I got from training with them every day was amazing. Huge. Yeah. Um, so I owe a lot to Portsmouth obviously they, they, and they put me in the first team at 16, which very rarely happens. So, um, I'm very grateful for my time there, the fans there. It's a, it, Actually, it's a very similar club to Norwich. The support and the family feel right, that yeah. you get is, is very, very similar. Um, and for that reason, those two are my favourite sort of for, for feel. But West Ham was a... Was a I didn't realise how big a club West Ham was until I, like, until I signed there for Middlesbrough. And there was, Huge club. Die-hard yeah, fans. Yeah, there was always so many people watching training and that. And I was like, Jesus, that, that, the other clubs I've been at, no one watches training. And every time you pulled out, there was always 100 or 50 people waiting for an autograph just after training. Massive club. Um, yeah, so it was a big, big club. So I enjoyed that. I had a terrible injury there and, uh, from a tackle in a, in a league game. Um, so that made that difficult for me. But... The Norwich one is, and because it's more recent, and as I said to you, it was unexpected for me to get to such a level. And and I proved to myself, you know, when you go into the Premier League at that age, coming off the back of an injury that people, even surgeons and people thought might be the end of me, to come back and to do that again in the Premier League is, makes makes me feel proud of, of, of what we achieved that season, even though in the end we fell, we fell just short. Absolutely love to hear that. Um, Gary, very recently, um, obviously, you've been at Bolton. It's fair to say that, obviously, their supporters have faced some, some blooming, extremely tough times of late. And you must be so pleased to have seen their club saved after being su- such a big part of it last season. Yeah, it was, a, it was a real tough time. And us as players go through the tough time because the club's not being run as it should be and it doesn't give you the best chance of performing how you need to perform um but the bit the bigger picture as you say was was the fans you know the club that that they loved and that they'd supported their whole life and that they they pay money that they have they go out and earn work hard to earn to go and watch and support um was sort of fading away and you just in in my heart I always felt like it was going to be saved I just felt like it was too big a club and it was it was too um too big an opportunity for for somebody with the funds to turn down. I thought I just thought someone will take this. It's gonna, it's ne- no one's going to let this place go run into the ground. Yeah, which, which thankfully was was the outcome. But as you see, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot just up the road at Bury. They they weren't so lucky. So very fortunate that that it did turn out that way. Um, and, and very fond of of the because I had a real good rapport with the fans there last year. Managed to win. Win Player of the Year, which was which was big for me, and and very similar feel to Norwich. Pleased that I managed to play over thirty games, win Player of the Year, and do okay from 
uh, an individual point of view. But when I when I fall short for the club and we don't manage to achieve our goal, I um, I always leave feeling a little bit disappointed. That says a lot about you, Gary. I mean, I mean, going back, get, going back to Bolton. I mean, our, our good friend and, and famous footy YouTuber uh, Thogden is is desperate to find out why did Bolton not renew your contract? Uh, to, to, to him, <laughs> to him, it didn't make any sense. I've got to ask you. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to ask you the question. You can beat around the bush, or you can be a bit brave here, Gary. Because to win Player of the Season uh, and to still not, it's just. They're such a good. Uh, just it doesn't make sense to me, let alone a Bolton fans. They were they, they loved you, Gary. Yeah, it, it it was it was very complicated. Obviously, that for the first few months they couldn't offer new deals to anybody, right? Because they had they had no owner. Um, I was in constant dialogue with Phil Parkinson. He wanted me to stay. Uh, I said no problem. I'm happy to stay. Um, just let me know. I even I even went all the way up there and trained for a couple of weeks and right. played in a friendly um but then i spoke to phil and phil said look gary the, the takeover is not as close as i thought it was going to be okay there there's there's going to be nothing for you at the moment um so i said are you okay if i go and train at a london club rather than doing the commute and being away from my family and not being paid are you okay if i stay fit down there when you're ready to offer me something i'll sign it and i'll come back up oh wow and, and, and that was that was fine, and then obviously I refreshed Twitter a few weeks later, and Phil Parkinson had left. Yeah. Um, so then I had conversations with the owners, uh, the new owners. Yeah. They they were adamant they wanted me to stay. I met I met them in London as well when they were down there to discuss it and discuss what I thought of where the club was and what what we what was going on. And then the new manager was appointed and uh, I didn't hear anything from anybody since. Really disappointing. So, uh, so it just seems like they decided to go in a, in a different direction, which I'm fine with. I mean, like, I, I get it. Um, well, you're not fine with it, it's, you know, You're not fine with it because you clearly love Bolton. You don't, it's... I enjoyed it. I would have loved to have stayed. But not a 36-year-old midfielder isn't everyone's cup of tea. So that. The manager and his staff have a job to go in the direction they want to go. And if they decided that it was better to go, I, I accept that. I think um, you're being awfully polite though, Gary, because I'm going to challenge you here. I think Bolton as a football club needs leaders. They need people like you in and around their football club now. They need people that are affiliated with the supporters. Um, so I, I think you're being very polite, my friend. But I do I do appreciate your honesty nonetheless. Yeah, no, and I, I, know, I, know, I think it could have been handled better. I could, someone could have, you know, I was a senior pro who was trying to help out and last season's player of the year. And to, to not get a phone call or to, turn, to tell me what was going on, you know, it just, it just went silent on me. I went from one day being offered something and expecting to go back to then not hearing anything from anybody and the club were playing yeah. games and signing 15 players. and But... But that, like, I'm not naive enough to not know that that is how how the not the majority, but that is how some of football works. So um, I accept it, and and I'm looking forward to the to the next challenge. Good man, that's that's good to hear. And and lastly, Gary, um, actually, first of all, next challenge, st- still yep. still keen to be um, kicking the ball about. Or are you looking into management, yeah. media? I What's am your plan? keen. Yes, I'm I'm keen to do both. I'm keen to. I, I love playing. Um, but I've done all my coaching badges now, so I've finished them all, uh, fully qualified. Just trying to get, trying to find out the best route because I, I want I want to manage at first team level eventually, yeah. um, and just trying to pan out the best route to get to get to that. 
level where I got to as a player. Basically, I'm, I'm I learned a lot in truth from Alex Neil when he came down. He was a young manager that came from playing and came down from Hamilton, and so I take a lot of that with me. And I'm I'm keen to get to get into that side of it. But I'll, I would love to keep playing if if the opportunity arises, even past this season, even if it drags on to next season. I would love to play again. Brilliant, Gary. That's good to hear. Lastly, obviously. Tons of Norwich City fans are listening to this right now. Do you have a message for them at all? I mean, after all, he's got a driving band better than Zidane. I mean, for that chant yeah. alone, surely no, you've got yeah. some nice would, words to say. Yeah, I have. I would like to thank all of them for, uh, for the support over the, the whole two years, especially the second year. Um, the way they, they welcomed me into their club, um, I will remember forever. I, I will try and get back um, and watch some games and maybe try and do some stuff with the club at some point because I really enjoyed it there and uh, I feel like I still own the club and fans and, I, and I'm just extremely disappointed for the for the fans that we we couldn't that I couldn't manage to to keep the club up that year but um I still look on my time there very fondly and a huge part of that was the the reception and the 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 warmth I felt from the from the Carroll faithful Gary, don't you worry. We'll always love you. Don't worry about that. That is it. I just want to say a huge thank you to you, Gary, for choosing to come on Talk Norris City to share your story. And of course, to all of you guys that are listening right now, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, SoundCloud and Spotify. Give us a cheeky five-star review on iTunes if you've got five minutes as well. That'd be much appreciated. There's only one thing left to say, Gary. Do you know what that is? Yeah. I don't. On the Ball City, come on. On the Ball City. Yes. Yeah, I've been away a while. You have to let me off. On the Ball City. <laughs> on the Ball City.